put things out in the world that you want to come back to you. You are smart. You're intelligent. You're going to get that job. Um, you're going to find the love of your life. Whatever the, the priorities are, put that out into the world. Say them. I know that sounds super weird, but if you say them out loud, I feel like it gives you a little bit more determination and a little bit more um, peace of mind in terms of like who you are and where you're going in life. Hello, beauty. Yes, you. Join me, host Joyce Platon, as I chat with today's beauty, wellness, and lifestyle visionaries. Let's discover their motivating journey together as I merge my love for the art and my passion in revealing one's true inner beauty. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Hello Beauty. Today's special guest is Kirby Johnson. Kirby Johnson is a senior reporter and a host at Pop Sugar. Pop Sugar is an online destination that presents popular culture, news, and media revolving around entertainment, fashion, beauty, fitness, lifestyle, and more. Kirby, welcome to Hello Beauty. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This oh is going to be a fun episode. I'm so psyched. Yeah. <laughs> and your I'm, setup is so amazing. I'm so jealous. It's so great. Thank you so much. Of yeah, that means a lot. I mean, obviously, we've been following each other for quite some time now, but I love all your posts. And there's a reason why you are the Kirby Johnson of Pop Sugar. <laughs> thank you, you are amazing with all your posts. It's just so natural and authentic. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you and, know. and your personality is like amazing, which is so easy to just like relate to you. Oh, thank you. I mean, I feel like I treat Instagram as like my little diary of <laughs> what I'm doing on a daily basis or how I feel. If you look at my grid, it's not pretty. <laughs> it's just like random quotes here and random pictures so I don't try to make it anything like too stuffy you just want to have fun on yeah, Instagram that's you know that's what people like nowadays yeah. they crave for that authenticity totally you know that word authenticity that's yeah. being thrown around everywhere <laughs> the buzzword yes <laughs> that word yeah I've heard that before well, I want to learn more about you. Totally. And I know that you've been living in LA for like seven years now or 10 years. 10. Okay, 10 so I, uh-huh. I've been at Pop Sugar for seven and a half, uh-huh. but I moved to LA uh, May of 2009. So uh-huh. coming up on 10 years. And that was just something I knew I needed to do for my career. Um, I went to school in Fort Worth, Texas, and I studied advertising and public relations, and I minored in business. And Like my whole life, I wanted to be on camera. Uh, When I was little, I wanted to be Julia Roberts. I thought I might be an actress. And then I started to realize that I had a really tough time um, pretending to be somebody I'm not. I just could not. I'm like, but why would I act this way if I am, you know, if I don't feel this way? Um, And then I decided, okay, maybe I should go into like on-camera journalism. So uh, the university I went to, advertising and public relations was under the journalism umbrella. So even though my focus was on that advertising component, um, we got all of the basics when it comes to, you know, writing and stuff like that. But I didn't I didn't learn how to be on camera or anything like that. So when I moved out to L.A. and I decided, okay, I want to be a host like Oprah is my queen. I want to make people feel good. I kind of want to share, you know, my uh, I guess outlook on life with the world. I decided, okay, L.A. is the place to do that. So I moved out here. I didn't know anybody. And I shared a bedroom with a friend from high school, still $600 a month in rent. So obviously, like, we were just, you know, we were just young little 22-year-olds trying to make it in the world. But um, I had been out here three years when I got the job at Pop Sugar, And it was like a whole audition process because they were looking for somebody that uh, was good on camera. And I think they said they just were looking for an on-camera beauty expert. But um, 
They wanted somebody with a journalism degree so that they knew how to you know, write scripts and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, well, this kind of like checks off every box that I feel like I could really own and manage. So I'll audition. And I did. And then went through all these you know, audition rounds and then ended up getting the job. So it was a really interesting time in my life because I had moved out here. I'd been here three years. I started to develop, you know, friendships because of the people I was working with, at, you know, my first couple of jobs. And I was learning the lay of the land in L.A. Mm-hmm. Like you've been here three years, right? No, I've actually been here for like five years. Okay, so moved so back here for five. Got yeah. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you, anybody knows when you move to LA, mm-hmm. how overwhelming it is mm-hmm. because it's so different from, I guess, everybody everywhere else, especially in the United States. And so yeah. I remember moving out here and being like, why do I have to get my parking validated? Like, where are the parking lots? Isn't there just free parking everywhere? It's like, no, if you're here past an hour, you have to pay. And I just, that like blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe we would have to pay for parking. Because in Texas, it's just giant parking lots, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I remember learning so many things about L.A. And I feel like I didn't even get to explore L.A. that first year. It was just like I stayed in the little bubble of West Hollywood. I didn't really even know that there was so much more to L.A., like Silver Lake and Santa Monica and Malibu. Um, so I always tell people when they move out to L.A., you have to give it more than a year. Yeah. Don't you agree? Because exactly. if you don't stay at least two years, then you kind of sold yourself short in terms of like, enjoying the city Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's just like it's easy even people that actually live here it's easy to just be stuck in their little city yep you know i've heard someone like oh oh you're all the way in hollywood (laughs) i'm here in santa monica i guess we can't see each other (laughs) i mean talking about i mean technically that's true but you know we gotta make it work (laughs) exactly exactly get out of your comfort zone at least venture there every once in a while there are times where like if i get invited to a beauty event and i'm like it's where at what time? Like yeah. you want me to come to Santa Monica at like 5 p.m. on a Wednesday? There's mm-hmm. no way that's happening. Like I would have to leave at 3 p.m. to get there. Oh my gosh. You know what yeah. I mean? But I it's so funny because we always joke, my boyfriend and I, when we first started dating, I lived in Beverly Hills and he lived in Santa uh-huh. Monica. It was only a six mile uh, distance between us, mm-hmm. but we always said we were in a long distance relationship because yeah. it took me 45 minutes to get to him. That's hilarious. So you're just like, ah, LA traffic. I know. A I can never uh, complain because coming from Manila, Philippines, uh, you know, yep. in Asia, there's tons of people in such a small place. So it's very traffic. Yep. So whatever traffic I get here, I'm actually happy. It still moves. <laughs> Yeah. And that sense, I'm still you. I'm used to it. So I'm happier like with the flow of traffic here. But then again, if I'm driving, I go crazy. I'm totally. like anyone else. Totally. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you've had it way worse than <laughs> us in L.A. Like we should be grateful. But oh, my gosh, I, know. I, I feel like everybody, the first thing they talk about when they move it's to L.A. Traffic. is the traffic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and we talk about how we get here. That's like part of the conversation. Yeah. Oh, did you take the 405? I went through the whatever, the 510. <laughs> exactly. It's like that uh, SNL episode. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> that segment. Yeah. So how did you audition for the Pop Sugar part? I mean, you know, you you heard about it. Where did you hear about it? Totally. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I was on a website called MediaBistro.com. Mm-hmm. It was all journalism jobs, basically, and media jobs. And I would always look on there to see if there was something that kind of caught my eye. And so randomly, it was just Pop Sugar on-air beauty expert. And um, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And actually, Susan Yara, who runs an account called Mixed Makeup, um, I think they just hit a million subscribers. uh, She had my job before I did. Mm. So she had left and was moving on to new beauty. And um, they were looking to fill her 
place. And I think I had met Susan. I can't even remember where we met, but um, she was really not a mentor because like we're similar in age, but she really did help guide me Mm -hmm. like through that process and was like, okay, this is what the company is like. You know, she kind of prepared me for everything, which was really, really nice of her. Um, But I like, you can't prepare yourself for an audition. I feel Mm -hmm. like you just go in and try your best and see how it goes. But I had been on a few auditions at that point. And uh, basically I, (laughs) I I sent in all of my, you know, credentials and my, Mm -hmm. my reel and all the stuff. Um, which consumed, it was basically just YouTube videos at that point. Like I hadn't had anything like truly professional on camera. So I sent a bunch of YouTube videos that I had filmed and then my resume and I didn't hear back. And I was like, dang it. I just really feel like this job is a good job for me. Like, I feel like I could really nail this. So I followed up, um, because I had the name of the hiring, you know, person. And I said, Hey, I just wanted to follow up. Also, did you see this article? Um, did you know that Elizabeth Taylor and uh, Marilyn Monroe used to shave their face? Because um, I just learned this and I found it fascinating. So I started shaving my own face and I just thought that it was an interesting like piece of information to share. And like within 24 hours of me sending that, they were like, come in, we want you to audition. So I'm like, okay, always follow up. I think follow-ups, even though they can be annoying, mm-hmm you really, you don't know, like somebody could see your email and be like, oh, I need to follow up on this, but then get busy and sidetrack. So always follow up and like find something that's interesting to kind of stand out, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Don't make it butt kissy because I feel like that can go into like really weird territory. Like we, when I got the job at Pop Sugar, we had um, a bunch of people auditioning to be like a new fitness host and a new cooking host. And we had people sending like, cupcakes to the office with their face on it and it was like it went too far it was just really weird we're like okay you're kind of freaking us out this isn't like cute anymore this is like borderline stalk like a stalker situation so don't so don't do that just like make it make it like a good conversation piece I think so that's like the two pieces of advice I always give people when it comes to like trying to get a job that you want but went in for the audition we were in Santa Monica in this business park where Pop Sugar used to be located. And the studio was a garage. So mm-hmm. it wasn't even like an air conditioned situation, which was horrendous <laughs> during the summer. But I went in and they asked me to demo a product. And then they had me do a fake interview with a Kristen Stewart, quote unquote, <laughs> which was like my producer at the time. Oh, about Twilight. Okay. So this is like 2012, right? Yeah. And I went in and I demoed this. Um, it was a teeth whitening kit that li- like lit up in your mouth. Yeah. It was called the Glow Pro or something like that. And of course, like now I know that all of those at-home teeth whitening kits, like it's the hydrogen peroxide that makes your teeth yeah. obviously super white. It's not the light because mm-hmm. they're not strong enough. But um, I demoed that and they they loved it. They thought it was great. And I will say that I watched back this audition and I nailed it. It was really good. Oh, like God. it was a really, really good. All my producers are like, wow, that was a good audition. I'm like, thank you. I agree. Um, and then when I interviewed the producer who was Kristen Stewart, I had never seen Twilight. I still hadn't seen Twilight, but I just came up with questions that you would ask a makeup artist that had worked yeah. on her or um, you know, talk about the movie in terms of beauty and stuff like that. And I guess they were happy with it. So then after that, they had me meet with the president of the studio, and then they flew me up to San Francisco where I met with um, the founder, Lisa Sugar, um, and a bunch of um, other people on the beauty team to see if I was a good fit. And then after that, they were like, cool, you're hired. 
uh, and they gave me like a three month contract at first before they hired me full time. And I've been there since 2012. So that's kind of, that was the process. But honestly, it was just on Media Bistro. I mean, I've found jobs on Craigslist before. Um, I think a lot of hosts, especially in LA, they're like, oh, I have to have an agent before I can find a job. And I really don't think that's the case. An agent does kind of give you clout. Um, it also helps with negotiations. Um, but like, I mean, I work with an agent right now. And a lot of times I, I'm the one bringing her the work and she's the one negotiating. So it's mm -hmm. not necessarily that she's bringing me more jobs. That's so true. don't get down on yourself if you're not you're not represented by somebody mm -hmm. you know you can find your own jobs yeah and like what you just mentioned you still have to do your own work totally your agent is there to kind of like guide you through you know make certain negotiations but you're still the one seeking out work so totally. you shouldn't lose that drive exactly otherwise you know you might be sitting around waiting for somebody to bring you something i'm just not that type of person exactly. i want to make sure i'm being proactive so yeah yeah so most people that follow you say that they love following you on social media <laughs> because of your personality that you're very lovable oh thanks and that you're fun to watch Ooh. has there been a moment when you've interviewed someone that you were just not on or you're not feeling it so how did you survive that interview uh girl yes <laughs> um i think you know this probably better than a lot of people, but interviewing somebody is really hard mm -hmm. um, because obviously as uh, an interviewer, you are looking to get an answer for someone. You're thinking about this person. You're thinking about, okay, you know, for me, for instance, at Pop Sugar, I'm like, okay, what would the headline of this interview be? Because there's so much content on the internet. What's going to make somebody click? Okay. Mm -hmm. What would the social tease be? Um, you know, what would make people interested? And there were times that I had been booked guests that I'm like, why are we even booking this person? What's interesting about them? Does anybody mm -hmm. really care? Um, but I try to go at it where with every guest, it's like they're a human being and they have a story to tell. So what is that story? And I end up finding that a lot of the times when I'm not excited about a guest, they end up being my favorite because yeah. <laughs> I feel like the pressure is almost off. I feel like it put a lot of pressure on myself for people that I'm like, oh my God, this is so exciting. I'm interviewing this person. And then I'm either let down because they're not that fantastic or they're a really boring interview yeah. or they're just rude. You know what oh I mean? Um, which happens more often than not. But <laughs> when you have somebody and you're, you kind of like have the pressure off and you're not focused so much on the excitement of having them there, you see them as a person mm -hmm. and then you develop this really great rapport. Mm -hmm. And I think that always ends up being a better interview. Um, I am trying to think of like what I've done to psych myself up about a person. I mean, I'll be completely honest. I feel like I'm really good at psyching people up about themselves <laughs> and and I do my research so I know everything about this person before they even walk in the door. Mm -hmm. So even if I'm not that psyched, at least it seems like I am yeah. because I know so much about mm -hmm. these people. And I feel like the other thing that I've learned is people love to talk about themselves. They love to talk about themselves. So ask them a question and let them roll and just mm -hmm. let them keep talking. Um, if they're coming in to do an interview, chances are they've been media trained or, um, they are outgoing in general. It's rare that I, I feel like I've interviewed somebody that's just like not good at being interviewed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I feel like let them talk, don't interrupt them and, and then you'll be good to go. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so on your socials, you, you're so generous about giving tips on how to like, like what you mentioned earlier, getting the attention of the hiring manager or whatnot. Totally. So if someone wants to get a job in your industry as a reporter, a journalist, what are your other tips for them? So I, I get a lot of emails. Kirby, I love you. Mm -hmm. I, I want your job. 
And (laughs) how do I get that? And I always, you know, what I always like to say is if you're going to reach out to somebody and you want their job, make it easy for them because I think there's so many people willing to meet with you and give you advice and help you. But if you don't make it easy, it's going to be easier for them to just delete the email and not respond. And I've had people that like were really entitled, like, hi, I emailed you and you never followed up. What's the deal? I'm like, well, that's a bad way to go around (laughs) around getting a job um, or getting advice even. The thing that I think I learned the most when I was looking for a job was I would email someone and say, hi, I'm Kirby. I would give a little tidbit about who I was um, and what I wanted from them essentially and then say, I would love to take you to coffee. I know that you work at this location. Could you meet me at the Starbucks downstairs? Or could you meet me at the Starbucks around the corner? Or do you want me to come to your office? I can make that happen. And I felt like 90% of the people that I actually reached out to would respond and say yes, because I made it easy for them. Mm -hmm. And in that email, I attached my uh, resume and I attached my website. Um, And I attached the social media that I had at the time, which was just Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, I had Facebook, but it wasn't like a thing that people had like public pages on at that point. And um, I felt like doing that, I just served everything that they could need on a silver platter. And then they were like, okay, great. Happy to help this girl. She knows what she's doing. But then I had people emailing me like, hi, I, I saw this job on Pop Sugar and I would love to be considered for it. Okay. First of all, I am not the hiring manager at Pop Sugar. A, B, and I think like this is this is kind of blunt information, but it's good information because a lot of people feel the same way as me, but won't say it. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you are reaching out about a job at somebody's place of employment, reach out, share the link of the job, say, you know, I know we have this connection through this. I'd love to be considered for it. I'm more than likely going to forward that email versus. Hey, can you tell me more about job openings that you might have at Pop Sugar? Because like <laughs> I don't have time for that. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah. I know it's like bush league stuff, but stuff I think that needs to be said. And then yeah. also, um, I personally will not recommend a person unless I have had FaceTime with them or know them personally. Mm-hmm. Because in the past, I've done that, just trying to be helpful, and it's bitten me in the butt because that person ends up not being a hard worker or mm-hmm. just being a not a good fit. Um, and I think that a lot of people would rather save their reputation than try to help us somebody they don't know. That's so true. I think like if you really do want someone to recommend you for something, you need to find a connection to them in some way or try to meet with them beforehand. That way they at least have a little peace of mind mm-hmm. before they suggest you for a job. Mm-hmm. Because if if so, if the hiring manager is like, well, Kirby recommended this person, but like three weeks in, they're failing. It's like, does Kirby have bad judgment? like oh well actually Kirby doesn't even know this person she Mm -hmm. just sent us the email so um I guess like that's my biggest piece of advice is find a connection to the person make it easy for them always attach your resume always attach your uh website and I mean there was somebody that emailed me this week actually and she saw a job um listing for pop sugar in a, a Facebook group and she did everything right she's like here's the job that I'm applying for um, I, you and I know each other through this person, whatever. Um, I'm actually qualified for this job. Here's why. Also, here's my resume and my website. And I was like, great. I actually feel comfortable forwarding this to the person that's hiring. Mm-hmm. And then I can kind of say, listen, I don't know this person like on a, on a deep level, but I know of her and I know that she's qualified to do these yes. things. You know what I mean? And the fact that she followed all the requirements. Yeah. You know, she acknowledged the job position. 
She told you like what she's there for. Totally. So just really, yeah, like what he said, just minimizing the work that you have to do because you're already busy or the hiring manager's already busy. Totally. So they're there to just tick off the boxes. Okay, like she seems a good fit, then let's get her in for an interview. Yeah, and yeah. the other thing I, I guess I would say is don't over apply. <laughs> don't apply to six jobs at the same company because that just shows you mm. don't really have direction and you, what are you actually good at? Like a job in creative is completely different than an administrative job. Um, I mean, I've had people reach out to me and they're like, I'm interested in these five jobs. And it went from like administrative assistant to like director of creative strategy. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you're clearly not qualified for both of these. You know, either you're on this level or this level. So you really have to have a focus. You need to focus and really go after those jobs. I just think people get desperate and they're like, I need a job and I want to work at this company. I'll do anything. But it's almost worse yeah going that route i would just go in with a, a a focus of what you're good at and and um what your end game is and then apply for those jobs that fit into that mm-hmm. absolutely yeah i agree yeah talk to me about your typical day at work Ooh, there's never a typical day <laughs> yeah. at work so um I, then that's why i love the job uh-huh. so when i go into the office i feel like okay so i don't have to go in the office mm-hmm. which is great um but when i do it's looking at all the packages that have been sent, opening them up, and then logging them. So I keep a running spreadsheet of every package I've been sent throughout the month and when that product is launching or if it's just somebody sending a restock of something, which is great. But for me, I love to report on news. So if something is launching the next month, I'm probably more than likely going to cover it if I like it because I like being the first one to talk about something that I like. Um So, and I think a lot of people on my Instagram, they're like, oh my God, dream job. Any product you don't want, send over. I would love to have this job. It's amazing. I'm like, yeah, but you don't see the behind the scenes. Like I am drowning in product because it's almost too much. I also have only one face. So I sometimes sacrifice my skin to try out different things to see, you know, does this chemical peel actually say what it's going to do? Um, if it was all just makeup, it would be way easier. Mm-hmm. But I love skincare. Yeah. Um, and I had to put myself on like a skincare um, testing sabbatical like a couple of years ago because my skin was freaking out. Oh, my God. Um, now I think it's just used to it. It's like, oh, this woman's crazy and she's going to try like 10 <laughs> products. But um, at the same time, I, when I test a skincare product, I test it for a minimum of four weeks to see if it delivers. Sometimes it's like, you know, if it's like a lactic acid product, it's like you will see a difference in like one day. Mm-hmm. It'll give you that glow. But if it says it's going to remove dark spots, I need time to test that. Exactly. So, yeah, walk in, <laughs> collect my packages, open them up and log them, check email. That's probably the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up is like get on my phone and look at emails. And the way I kind of subscribe to life is delete anything that doesn't catch my mm-hmm. interest. It's like, OK, unless I know the person or um something sounds interesting, like I'll just delete it because Mm -hmm. I don't want to have a full inbox. Um, If they follow up and then they kind of explain why they think it's a good fit, cool. Mm -hmm. But usually I am deleting stuff that's like not my beat or not of interest to me. And then sometimes I'm shooting. So I'll go in hair and makeup, get that done, get dressed. We have a style room at the Culver City studio. And then I'll shoot videos. We have two um, different studios at the Pop Sugar grounds, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. in Culver City. And um, I write all my own scripts. I make sure that like they're fact-checked and make sense. I don't want anything coming out of my mouth that's not true, not fact-based, and not something I personally believe in. So mm-hmm. 
I do have a producer, but I'm the one that's writing all my own scripts and, and stuff like that. And then let's see. Yeah. So I could be writing a script one day. I could be shooting one day. More often than not, I'm probably at an event because mm-hmm. LA events now are just complete insanity. There's one or five every day. So um, I know you had Sarah Tan on the show yes. mm-hmm. and she's my work wife. Even though we work at different publications, we're like, you're my wife. So we're always texting each other. Are you going to this event? What time are you going? Are you skipping it? Because chances are, if she's not going, I'm not going to go. Uh-huh. I like don't want to, unless I know the person that's like yeah. sending out the invite, um, which I guess is like words to the wise. If you want us to go to an event, make sure we're both there. But yeah, work is so great for me because I don't like doing the same thing every day. I like mm-hmm. having change and kind of, you know, utilizing my creative muscle. Um, and then of course on Mondays and Thursdays, I write my newsletter. Um, I do that like at night before I go to sleep so that it's ready to go for the next morning. But I started a newsletter in March and I don't have a name for it yet, but, um, I figured it's something I wanted to do and I just wanted to get started on it. So it's just the beauty newsletter and it comes out every Tuesday and every Friday. What can they expect from it? It's just a lot. So, cause you already report on like you know, Kirby's, what are like the new things coming out? Totally. So with your newsletter, what do, what can they expect from that? So mm-hmm. with the newsletter, I wanted it to be a place where I could aggregate all of the best headlines from the beauty world, because mm-hmm. we don't really have something like that. Like there's the CEW insider mm-hmm. newsletter, but that's a paid subscription and it's more like industry focused. It's not necessarily consumer based. Um, And then there's the beauty independent, which I love, but it's also subscription. And I actually get this newsletter every morning from this guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a part of this Facebook group called Who Weekly. It's a podcast. Mm -hmm. And he, this guy sends out this email every morning. We call him Maury Man, like Maury Povich, because he always has the dirt on celebrities. So he basically (laughs) takes like and aggregates all these top celebrity headlines. He never attributes it, which I think is like bonkers. Mm -hmm. So Maury Man, you need to attribute these things. But um, it's so great because it's like, oh, I can read all the celebrity dirt at six in the morning when I wake up. It's all in one place. I'm like, why don't they have this for beauty? So that's what the newsletter kind of started. Mm-hmm. Um, around. Uh, so I put in headlines. Um, I also want to showcase people that I think are doing amazing reporting work in the beauty industry. So um, I get people reaching out to me now, brands, publicists, hey, how can my brand be featured in your newsletter? Oh, or how do you cool. pick you know, the content for your newsletter? It's all personal preference. It's just a Kirby thing. Um, you you know, at this point, you can't be bought. But like, ultimately, Pat, my, my boyfriend, Patrick's like, how are we going to monetize this? So I'm like, OK, is there going to be a sponsored part of the newsletter at some point? But um, it's all personal preference. And then I try to include like if there's a big sale happening, like Ulta 21 Days of Beauty or Derm Store or something like that. I always want to show people, hey, you can get really great products on sale right now because p- people love that stuff. It's why I read newsletters, too, if some, if you know, I like Refineries newsletter. I think they do a really good job. Um, I click on literally every headline Mm -hmm. because they just are really good at it. So if I see that like the Harry Josh Pro hair dryer is like $100 (laughs) off, I'm going to put that in the newsletter. Uh Um, And then at the end, I will try to incorporate like a video component because obviously like that's my bread and butter. I, I work on camera. So I'll, you know, throw in a video that I've done. I'll find videos that I find useful and throw those in there. Um, Or I'll just talk about things that I think are important to talk about, like 
okay, what's a retinoid versus a retinol? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how does vitamin C work? Stuff like that. Stuff that I actually get asked a lot of questions about. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I throw in. So that's the point and the purpose of the newsletter. That's cool. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. And you actually find time to do all of this. It's a passion project. Yeah. So I feel like when you're passionate about something, I mean, we're shooting this on a Sunday. Like this is a passion project exactly. for you, right? So, you know, I have a full-time job, but th- the newsletter is something I really, really love. So that's why I always try to find time to do it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Thanks. Let's talk beauty. <gasps> yes. What is one thing that everyone should try at least once? Oh, um, oh man, you put me on the spot. Okay. I got to say... I got uh I got microneedled professionally and even though it was so painful like they numbed my face and my eyes were still watering just because it's like it's a pretty intense treatment but afterwards my skin like people were like you have fetus skin it yeah. is like a little baby it looks amazing you look lifted you look glowy um I have melasma and they're like I feel like your melasma's lighter I'm like that's amazing so even though it was painful I, it's one of those things that I think benefits every skin type, every skin tone. It doesn't matter if you're fair, 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 or deep, deep, deep. If you have any type of acne scar or hyperpigmentation, or if you just want to feel like your skin is firmer, I would, I would say try it mm-hmm. one time. I swear you'll be addicted. Yeah. You'll go back and keep getting it. And I feel like it's one of those things that unlike a chemical peel where chemical peels, like your skin is just peeling off your face <laughs> for two weeks straight, which are, it's, that's great. but. Um, this, the downtime is like maybe 24 hours. You just look like you got a sunburn. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can put on makeup after that. So, um, in terms of like the downtime, how much it costs and then like the result, I, that's why I feel like everybody should try it because it's like universally just a good treatment to try. Yeah. You mentioned you got it professionally done. Yeah. So what is the difference between the professionally done one compared to those at home micro rollers? Totally. Where you don't really have to put those topical anesthesias. So, you know, like the derma roller that you can buy at home, like I love Stack Skincare. Stack Skincare makes one that has um, a, a removable head. So mm-hmm. like if it gets dull, you can just get another one. You don't have to throw away the whole thing. Yes. Um, it's just not the needles are not going to go as uh, deeply into your skin. So you don't have to worry about hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. But I do see people that like are trying to make their skin bleed. Um, at home. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is insane. You're not supposed like my skin did bleed when I got it professionally done because that's because it's like an electric, uh, electric pen that Mm -hmm. has like 10 gold needles on it. That's like being jammed into my fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's penetrating deeper than anything else with this little derma roller at home. Like what I, okay. This is like psychotic Kirby talking. Okay. (laughs) My makeup artist, Melissa Herkman, this this woman's also crazy. She was like, have you ever tried baby facial after you derma roll your face? Drunk elephant baby facial. Uh-huh. Okay. Have you tried it? Not yet. Girl. I've heard about okay. it. Drunk elephant baby facial. This thing is insane. Like it's already super tingly when you put mm-hmm. it on. Afterwards, you're glowing for the gods. Your skin looks renewed. Yeah. Your makeup goes on better. She's like, oh, yeah, I derma roll my face first so that my skin like accepts it deeper. I'm like, you have a death wish. Why would you ever do this? But her skin looked amazing. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try it. Yeah. And now that's my go to thing. So I just lightly derma roll my face. You do not have to go crazy. You literally are supposed to do it like once Mm -hmm. all over. Like don't go over it multiple times. 
And then it kind of just makes your skin ready to accept whatever product like serum or essence or whatever you put on. And then you put on the baby facial, your skin is on fire, but yeah. afterwards you look amazing. So um, that's that's my professional and not professional tip because I am sure baby facials like don't use it with the hard drunk <laughs> elephants, like don't use it with a derma roller. But um, sorry, I totally got off track. The difference is, is that it helps your products work better, but you're not going to get that like mm-hmm. cell turnover that you really want from it, if that makes yeah. sense. And it's just like an in-between thing that you do between those like professionally, yes. like how many multiple hundred bucks kind yeah. of. <laughs> it's maintenance. Expense. Yeah. It's, that's exactly what it is. It is. It's maintenance. And the other thing I see people doing incorrectly with the ones you use at home besides like making themselves bleed is they will do it and then they'll put an oil and I'm like, you don't want oil going that deep into your skin. No. That's going to cause, you know, the um, clogging of the pores. Yes. And that's what's going to cause an acne mm-hmm. outbreak. So please don't do that. Leave mm-hmm. that alone. Leave the oils for when you're not using the derma roller. I like dermaplaning and then derma roller <gasps> and then doing all these serums. Oh, so girl. I think I'm even crazier, but that's what we do. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to definitely do that. I love, do you have a, fam- um, a favorite derma like planing tool? I like Saks Skincare. I love stack. I love stack. But that care. one, let me tell you guys, when you buy it, it is aggressive. I mean, you have to be so careful because yes. I've like nicked my face with that before. Yes. That feels like a professional, um, like almost like a professional product, right? It is. I mean, because she's also a professional esthetician. Totally. Carrie Benjamin. I love her. had her on. She's amazing. Carrie's she's like, awesome. Shout out to Carrie. Yes. And that's why I like, I mean, even um, Sarah Ten uses yeah. her um, dermaplaning tool. Yep. It is. It's very sharp. I mean, like anything that has a sharp edge, you just have to be careful. Totally. You know, and especially what we see online, all the videos are fast forwarded. So you do not do it that fast. No. Yeah. No, you have to be careful and hold it at that 45 degree angle and just lightly. I mean, it is so gratifying. It's yes. It's so gratifying to see like the little skin come off or <laughs> you have like a hairier face like I do with like all the little lambs wool come off. You're like, wow, this is awesome. But yeah, Stacked yeah. makes a great one. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with the tinkle. Yeah. from Amazon. Ooh. I should be a spokesperson for the tinkle. I like talking <laughs> about it so much, but I buy the pack that you should actually buy if you own a salon. <laughs> like it's like the yeah. salon display. Yeah. There's uh-huh. like 36 of them. I buy that one and just keep them in a cup. And then I toss them after like two or three times because they're not as intense yeah. or as aggressive as the stack skincare one. But the stack skincare one, I mean, I feel like it's the gold standard. Yeah, and I think that you can use it actually for a longer period of time just because it's like, yep. you know, that it's really sharp. You're but totally right. Yeah. That's why when I'm using it, I tell like my boyfriend, I'm like, don't talk to me right now. Yeah. I got to <laughs> full focus on this face. Uh, yes. <laughs> You're like, I'm not trying to cut my face today. Thanks. Yeah. So what do you spend the most on? Makeup, skincare, accessories, clothes, perfume? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I spend the most on perfume because mm-hmm. – my boyfriend would say I am an idiot if I'm buying makeup and skincare. Yeah. Like I get sent so much product. And I'm not saying this to gloat. I know a lot of people like would love to have this this job in this life, but honestly, it is overwhelming because there's a new brand every mm-hmm. single day and there is a brand that shall re- be renamed or wow, shall be remain nameless. There we go. I don't know what I was trying to say there. But they send a package every week mm-hmm. and it's not even new product, but they mm-hmm. just want to be on people's socials to yeah. like show that they're still in the game. And I'm like, that is such a bad PR practice. Stop sending me product if it's not like an anniversary of something or a new launch. It's just like a waste of 
paper and product. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But um, I spend the most on perfume. Um, I'm a diehard Tom Ford fan. And my boyfriend knows like every Christmas, like that's what I want. So he'll mm-hmm. buy me Tom Ford Neroli Portofino. Mm, um, it lasts me usually six months. And then I'll buy another one in July until I get it again in December. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I think I'm going to have to bite the bullet and actually buy the big one, mm-hmm. like the $600 one, because I'm a crazy person. But also <laughs> I feel like in terms of the investment, it'll last me longer and I won't have to keep buying. Exactly. But if before I had this job, I hands down spent all of my money on skincare. I am I feel like out of everything that I truly care about, it's skincare and the beauty world. Of course. I love aesthetics. Uh-huh. If you don't take care of your skin, you know, you don't have the palette for exactly. the makeup. Um, I feel like sometimes people try to remedy their skin issues with makeup. And I, I think know. it should be the opposite remedy, you know, your makeup issues with skin mm-hmm. care. So and then again, there's people also like acne can be caused by so many things. Mm-hmm. It's not just from wearing makeup. It's True. not just from sweating. It's not just from hormones. There are so many different things that could be going on. Um, and I'm sure you get questions like this all the time. Hey, um, I have an acne flare up. What products should I be using? And I'm, I always ask, okay, have you changed anything in your routine? Mm-hmm. Where is the flare up? Is it on your forehead? Is it mm-hmm. on your jawline? If it's your jawline, it's probably hormonal. Yes. If it's on the forehead, it's probably clogged pores. So Mm -hmm. do you have bangs? Have you been sweating? Like there are just too many facets to this game Mm -hmm. of acne to try to figure out. So I always try to ask more questions before I'm just like, use Rene Rouleau or use Clearasil or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like um, sometimes when I break out, I'm like, it's the end of the world because yeah, we can't use our makeup anymore. And Mm -hmm. at the same, I feel like just having good skin, it's really just boosts your confidence. Totally. It's not just being about superficial, but I think it is, even if no one sees your breakout, it's like, it just affects you internally. Totally. And I know that acne is such a, like a big conversation nowadays, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, with proactive and everything that's like coming out with um, other products with spot treatments right yeah and it's good to know that with people like you you get to educate them that it's not just the products you know stop wasting your money sometimes you know give it give yourself um some internal assessment and see like oh what have you been doing have you been stressed out what diet have you been you know going through lately yeah it could be okay so uh, renee rouleau is an esthetician Mm -hmm. and she has an amazing skincare brand And I met her when I was 25 and she gave me a facial in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I had just thought that like the dark spots on my face were me not washing myself tanner off like well enough. I mean, that's me being naive at 25. But she's the one that said, do you know you have melasma? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is that? And she's like, it's she's like, are you on birth control? Because it's hormonal. And I said, yes. So then after I learned that I had that, I had always been a big SPF junkie and I was always making sure I wore it underneath my makeup or, you know, if I was going out mm-hmm. anywhere, but I was more meticulous about it and it helped change my routine. True. Um, so like I might've wanted to get a chemical peel, but now I know that heat makes the melasma worse because it brings mm-hmm. the melanocyte to the surface. So it's like, I'm never, I'm probably never going to get a chemical peel unless it's 
the Cosmolon. Have you mm, heard of the Cosmolon? Yes. <laughs> I heard it's amazing. And um, my friend Cynthia, I think, is going to try to do it to me. But we got to figure that out. But anyways. You you can't like go out for like a few days. It's I like think. terrifying yeah. to see <laughs> what you look like. So I'm like, OK, I need to take an extended break. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. People at work probably wouldn't care. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're in the beauty. If people know you're in the beauty industry, it's normal. I just can't go to yeah. like Starbucks. People are like, what's wrong with your face? Yeah. But um, Renee really kind of redirected my skincare routine. And Renee has saved my skin so many times. I, this woman is a god to me. I'm obsessed with her. So when I went to Coachella a few years ago, I came back and I had like pustule acne all mm-hmm. along my cheek. And I was like, Renee, I have a shoot this week. This is disgusting. I can't get into my dermatologist. And she went through and asked me questions. She's like, okay, what were you doing this weekend? Okay, you're at Coachella. What products were you using? Okay. She's like, um, you have acne cosmetica. She's like, it's caused by probably the wind in Indio pushing your makeup into your pore. That's crazy. Um, it was, she was dead on. That's exactly what it was. Um, I ended up going to the dermatologist later that week because I asked Renee and Renee's like, they'll give you tetracycline and it'll clear it right up, but just make sure you take it for all 30 days. Yeah. And of course she doesn't recommend being on antibiotics, Mm -hmm. but at the time I needed it, it yeah. was like, mm-hmm. I have a shoot this Desperate week with measures. a client. Yeah. Um, but she really was the one that was asking me all these questions about my skin. When I went to my dermatologist, they were just like, oh, you're breaking out. Okay. Here's some uh, tetracycline. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think like you really do have to sit and think, okay, did I change my laundry detergent? Mm-hmm. Laundry detergent is a huge irritant, mm-hmm. especially if it isn't fragrance free. Yeah. So if you're breaking out on the right side of your face and you sleep on that side, you just changed your laundry detergent. It could be from that. Mm-hmm. Um, stress, also a huge factor. Dairy, huge factor. Maybe you're having some issues with your gut health. Yeah. Um, there's so many things. Yeah. And that's why it's so scary to like be able to access so much information on the internet because mm-hmm. we all like to pretend we're doctors and like mm-hmm. this is what's actually going on with my skin. Um, but at the same time, I don't blame people because then sometimes you go to the doctor and they don't believe you. They don't believe that you're in pain. They don't believe that you're having these issues or they just, you know, give you uh, medication. So I think like if we could find a happy medium between all of those things, like mm-hmm. asking the questions and then sure. getting the medication that we need and, you know, not just being pushed medication all the time. Um, I think like we'd be in a better place, but Right now, it's kind of scary because there's just so much information on the Internet and nobody knows what to do with all of it. Yeah. And we sometimes a lot of readers or consumers can't differentiate the difference between what is clickbaity mm-hmm. and where the authors or the journals are coming from. It could be a biased point of view, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. And there's so many in the beauty industry now. There are so many people being hired specifically to write sponsored content. Mm-hmm. And then they're being pushed as a beauty editor. And I'm like. This person has not done anything in the beauty industry ever. Um, They're a writer um, and they're being told what to write about. So sure, it might be factually correct, but like they don't have enough experience in the industry to actually talk about these products. So that's why I always tell people, whether it's an influencer or a makeup artist or an esthetician or a beauty reporter, find somebody that you truly trust and and like their opinion. Because then that way you can kind of like, you know, decipher, okay, this is BS and this isn't. Yeah. Or, okay, Kirby wrote about this. 
I know that she researched it. I know that she didn't put anything out there that's not factually mm-hmm. correct. It's not fake news. It's not clickbait. You know, I would rather put out an article that people appreciate and will find through like the search engine than getting like 100,000 shares on the site because I feel like sometimes people just share the headline and they don't read the article. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what does really well on social. They're like, oh, this headline or this tease or whatever this yeah. is. I'm guilty of it sometimes too. Yeah. But um, that would be one of my pieces of advice. Look for someone that you actually trust and know like does the research. And I've been seeing like when I click on a link, it's just like literally like four sentences. I'm like, what is this article? This is not an article. Exactly. How is this an article, right? Yeah. There's so many times Mm -hmm. where you'll click on an article and it's a gallery of photos that have been embedded from Instagram. And then like the intro is like 300 words Uh or 150 words. And I'm like, okay, you're not a writer. You're a content creator at this point. Like that doesn't make you a journalist or an editor. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So um, it is a very interesting place in the digital landscape, but I do think there's a lot of people doing it right. Um, Cheryl, who writes for, um, she used to be at Racked and now she's freelance, but she writes for a variety of different sites. Now I trust this woman with my life when she reports on something. I'm like, okay, she did the work. She put it in, she, uh, fact checked. She did her research. She talked to multiple sources. Cheryl's amazing. Um, I love Lexi Lebsack, who mm-hmm. is at Refinery29, who has a series called Shady. She has the series that I wish I could have made. But honestly, I'm kind of in shock that that series is still around because it does expose so much about the beauty industry. I'm like, how is this How is this show ever going to get sponsored? Because at some point, the show is going to have to find a revenue stream. And I'm mm-hmm. sure they probably make bukus of money on it um, from YouTube. But like, as somebody who makes content for a living, I'm like, okay, how are they going to pay for this? Because they're traveling all over the world, talking to so many people. I actually follow her. I have. And yeah. I'm very interested. I'm like, yeah, that's an interesting game that they're playing. Totally. I would love, and I love that it's not sponsored, yeah. to be honest, because then they have the freedom to tell these stories and um, expose these things that are really important. Um, I think she's killing it and and they're doing an amazing job. But the other part of me is like <laughs> in digital publishing when everything's going awry right now and nobody has budget for anything, like how mm-hmm. are they affording this? Yeah. So that's a really interesting thing to me. Um, and who else? I mean, Sarah, Sarah Tan, my wife, love yeah. you. Um, Sarah's really great. Sarah, uh, Sarah is so personable and so um like kind and generous, but she works so hard too. Mm-hmm. Um and and I trust anything that she's going to put out there. Also, um, Marie from Hello Giggles. I've had her on too. Oh my, my God. My girl. Uh, my Libra queen. Mm, I love yes. her so much. And she is an amazing writer. Like she writes for, I mean, she just did a whole profile on Katy Perry. Yes. She's, she's amazing. About um, Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, getting huge name people. Mm-hmm. Like that girl, she's a star and mm-hmm. she's just going to keep getting bigger and yeah. bigger. So there are people. And of course, there's so many editors in New York. Right. Mm -hmm. So many amazing editors in New York that I just love. I love Kat Quinn. She's a beauty director at Refinery. We're friends. I'm like, I keep talking about Refinery and technically Refinery is Pop Sugar's competitor. And so is Bustle, which Sarah (laughs) works at. But Uh like, I think that kind of speaks to the community um, of of the women that work Mm -hmm. in this industry. Like we all love and respect each other. We have to collaborate and appreciate each other's work. Exactly. And you know what? Like when I see, if I see like Lexi or Sarah or, Mm -hmm. you know, Stephanie Montez or Marie doing something and I'm like, Ugh, I wish I had thought of that. It just motivates me to yeah. think, okay, then what can I do that, you know, feeds these creative juices for mm-hmm. me personally, but also 
uh, is like, you know, one step better. Yeah. It's like, it's not a malicious competitive thing. It's just a motivating thing. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people talk about the beauty industry and like how it can be catty and stuff like that. And they're, trust me, are definitely catty moments between certain people and certain groups of people. But in terms of the beauty editor world, I think that it's, I mean, we all support each other. So I think it's getting better though. Me too. I feel like I have hope for the industry. <laughs> and I think a lot of people are getting kinder. I've been seeing it. Me too. And people do want to collaborate and just help each other out. Totally. And that's what I'm really happy about. Me too. I think that, you know, I feel like there is this whole um, separation between like professional makeup artists and influencers, right? Yeah. And then even in the makeup artist world, which I'm sure you've seen this time and time again, mm -hmm. it's between like the old guard and the new guard, mm -hmm. like the digital newbies mm -hmm. and then the people that have been around for decades. Mm -hmm. And I think that the people that have been around for decades that are accepting this digital world are killing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pat McGrath, number one, she didn't, she wasn't like, what is this, you know, internet thing? She like leaned into it so hard and, you know, made a billion dollars oh and yeah. her products are probably some of my favorite. They are worth the hype. I, I love everything that she puts out. Um, Charlotte Tilbury is amazing. Yes. I have been a big fan of her brand for since it launched in 2014. And she's also killing the game at mm -hmm. Instagram. I just find that when you kind of. I talked to Linda Wells about this mm -hmm. and Linda is a queen in her own right. She's so fabulous. But I talked to her about this and I was like, what advice do you have for somebody that, you know, doesn't want to get into the social media game that they're just so anti and she's like, get in it. I'm sorry. It mm -hmm. sucks. But like you see the benefits of trying something new and putting your work out on a different platform just because it's not print doesn't mean it's not good, you know, share more of what you're working on with the world by getting more involved on social media. True. Because that's where the, that's what the industry is yeah. right now, you know? And I love so many influencers. There are people that I'm actually really close with and I know a lot about and I really respect. But then there are the few that do give influencers a bad name and it really sucks. Like mm -hmm. there's, Patrick Starr, who I think is so smart, he wants to be like the Tyra Banks of his mm. generation. And I think that he's really on his way to doing that because he's not just focusing on YouTube. He's bringing in celebrities that he's giving makeup, you know, makeovers to, yeah. um, showing that he actually is an artist. Um, he wants to be an executive producer. So he's thinking Love of it. these things. Jackie Ina is mm -hmm. one of the best in the game. Um, talk about, you know, I hate the word authenticity at this point, but like she is truly like what you see is what you get. And she is not going to mince her words. Um, but she does it in a respectful way as well. And that's why her audience believes her because she's not just like, oh, I'm friends with so-and-so. So I'm going to talk positively about their palette. Like she's going to talk about, okay, well, I, I love this person, but honestly, this palette doesn't work for me because mm -hmm. I'm a woman of color or yeah. whatever it is. So um, I think Jackie's great. Who else is, are you loving anybody like in the influencer world or do you follow anybody on Instagram, uh, like makeup wise that you're like, they kill it? Um, I really love, yeah, Charlotte Tilbury yep. because yes, I love how they transitioned and accepted the whole digital age, right? Yep. And even her content, I was like, it really works with the younger group and also the older demographic and even like different types of um, 
people that have different purchasing power in a sense. Yeah. So it works like across all boards. And I love that and respect that about her. And mm-hmm. she's such a personality too. I know. Uh-huh. She's wild. Have you met her before? No. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed her a few times and like she's just so high energy yeah. all the time. I, I like I always when I talk to her, I always want to imitate her accent because it's just so yes. over the top. She's like, hello, darling, it's Charlotte. Like, I'm going to Abatha. Like, you're just like, oh, my God, I'm what like, are you doing? Yes. But she is so fabulous. And I will have – I say – I tell everyone this. Pillow Talk Lip Cheat is oh, my yes. absolute favorite lip liner of all time, hands down. Like, if you want this, like, gorgeous pinky nude – like it's not even I hate saying it's a nude because it's nude is different for everyone, mm-hmm. but it's more of like a rose mauve, but mm-hmm. it looks like my lip color yeah. just better. And they made the lipstick version of yes. it. She just knew what she was doing with that. I'm obsessed with yeah, it. Yeah, it's a staple in my kit and I actually use it on all models, different kinds of models. Do even. you? So it's like what you're saying about it looks like everyone's natural lip it works yeah. for everyone even yeah. for me you know? and it looks and the crazy thing is it looks so different on me compared to somebody else yeah. so i don't know she's a magician she figured it out that's like my one of my favorite uh beauty products i love it so yeah. what is one beauty myth you'd like to debunk Ooh. okay we've got people we have got to stop saying that pores open and close we've got to i mean i can't see it anymore I and I see like so many people on YouTube talking about their skincare regimens and I just want to say great some of them have amazing skincare regimens Mm -hmm. but just because they're sharing it doesn't mean just because they're sharing their skincare regimen and they have good skin doesn't mean they know what they're talking about just Mm going to put that out there Mm -hmm. um so pores do not open and close um oh my god what is the other thing there's something else that I always get asked questions about. I'm like, y'all, we have to stop living life this way. This is not right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably the biggest one. Oh, it's a it's about pores, but you cannot make your pores smaller. <laughs> it's not going to happen. That's true. Love you guys. I I know that you want the best for your pores. You're never going to make them smaller. I'll mm-hmm. just can be completely honest with you. If you want your pores to appear smaller, which is like something I often write, like I love this product because it makes my my pores appear smaller, use a mattifying product. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Dr. Brandt's um, mattifying hydrator. It is, it's blue and when you put it on your skin, it it turns clear, but it hydrates my skin without making it super dry, but it gives me that matte effect. Mm -hmm. I think it works great as a primer. Um, And I've like told everybody about this product. It's a $48 moisturizer and people Mm -hmm. are like, girl, you're insane. But I'm like, no, trust me. You only need a little tiny bit and it works. That makes my pores appear smaller. Um, Basically mattifying in general makes your pores appear smaller. I know everybody loves that glue, like that dewy glow, like glossier smothered skin and glass like, skin yes and i'm like if i put if i put that stuff on my face and like went out like that i would look insane people would be like okay you a you look crazy but b your pores look huge i think we just have to be realistic about our own skin and like what works for us and then um what else helps with pores oh i'll just be completely frank um i feel like filler and botox if you go in you and this is what I like to say about filler and Botox. It's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. If you get it, great. If you don't, great. It doesn't matter. Um, but I've just noticed like when my friends go and get a little filler or like in their cheeks um, or, you know, they get a little Botox to smooth things out, their pores appear smaller. And the reason why your pores appear bigger over time as you age is because 
gravity. Your sure. skin, you know, is falling mm-hmm. um, and it makes it look bigger. The pores look bigger because it's creating those shadows. Sure. So when you kind of plump your skin up, obviously it's going to make them look smaller yeah. because you're not getting that shadow effect. So I think like if you learn more about pores yeah. and how they work and stuff like that, that's kind of where I think you have more power mm-hmm. than being like, what can I buy to make my pores smaller? But you know, we're in this digital age where we want instant gratification. So I just want to say, if you want instant gratification, just mattify your face. Yeah. I think that's the easiest way. I mean, you have zero pores. I'm literally looking at what your are you skin. What are you talking right about? Now. I was just literally just, you I'm know, like, where are admiring your pores. Your yeah. <laughs> admiring your pores, which is non-existent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, give me that skin. Um, yeah. So th- that's like the myths I like to debunk. It's all about pores. True. I mean, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Especially you're like when you work on a client, I'm sure you're like, oh, okay, yeah. this person wants their small. Or like their they pores. show me this like Instagram account. How do I look like this? I'm Face like, tune. first of all, yeah, I you will look like that after I p- uploaded my phone <laughs> yes. and start, you know, editing it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Wait for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he read Hello Beauty. We have a philosophy. It's say hello to the beauty in you. Mm-hmm. What advice can you give those who are trying to, to discover their beauty within? My philosophy personally is beauty is subjective. Mm -hmm. Everybody's idea of beauty, it's, you know, the cliche, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? So there, yes, there are standards of beauty right now that we're seeing on Instagram. And trust me, I had to take an Instagram hiatus because I was looking at people and saying, why does my skin not look like this? Why do I not have big eyes like this? And then I started following Celeb Face. Oh, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And it, even though I, I think that account was created to be mean-spirited, I actually think it's empowering because mm-hmm. you're seeing people that are this ideal of perfection and they edit their photos. And you're like, why is Bella Hadid editing her photos? This girl is like a stunning human being. And, and other Victoria's Secret models. It's insane. Kendall Jenner is beautiful. I mean, all of these models are changing their looks on Instagram, whether it's a tiny little like refinement to the waist or it's like making their eyes more cat-like and you're like what (laughs) so it kind of makes me feel better knowing that they do that but back to beauty subjective you have to find the beauty in yourself and find things that you love about yourself uh that a make you different and b that you're proud of because if you're going to depend on other people's you know ideal or standard of beauty to make yourself feel better you're never going to feel good about yourself you could reach and attain that standard but then still never feel beautiful or feel good about yourself so um i guess if you are having if you're struggling right now and you're thinking like i'm not beautiful and i don't look like these people that i see on the internet all the time uh get rid of social media for a week just try it put your phone down don't look at it don't you know don't idly scroll through your your feed um, take some time to do something for yourself, whether it's go get a pedicure, go run, um, you know, meet with a friend and have coffee, do something that you really care about, write in a journal, um, find the things that make you, you and, and kind of exploit those things. Um, you know, whether it's, like I said, writing in the journal or like talking to your friend and making them laugh because you're funny, do that and remind yourself like why you're awesome. And then I guess the last thing is it's okay to not feel beautiful all the time. Like, I don't think everybody feels perfect. Everybody, nobody feels like they're amazing 100% of the time. It's okay to feel those feelings. Just don't let them overtake your mind and your thoughts. 
because the more you think them, the more it kind of brings those things to the surface. Um, it's kind of like that, that philosophy, like the more you say you hate yourself or the more you say you don't like something about yourself, like that will come back to you in the world. So it's like, put things out in the world that you want to come back to you. You are smart. You're intelligent. You're going to get that job. Um, you're going to find the love of your life, whatever the, the priorities are, put that out into the world, say them. I know that sounds super weird, but if you say them out loud, I feel like it gives you a little bit more determination and a little bit more um, peace of mind in terms of like who you are and where you're going in life. I love that. I agree 100%. <laughs> Yay, thank you. Before I let you go, what is up and coming for Kirby? I'm going to continue the beauty newsletter. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still working with Pop Sugar, so I have a few videos coming out. I also have been collaborating with Freeform on my series Kirby Tries. So we have two episodes coming out, one about the magnetic eyeliner that's been taking over Facebook and Instagram, and then one about the Hanukkah mask yeah. that a lot of people had requested me try. Um, so that's gonna come out soon. Um, what else is going on with me? Oh. Okay, I was like, I don't know if I should share this, but I will. So you should. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah Tan and I are starting a podcast. I love it. Oh my God. When she was here, we were telling her, you need to start a podcast. Yes. So <laughs> she's obviously my work wife and uh -huh. I love her very much. And um, we had been talking about it for like, I think a year. Yeah. And we just kept going back and forth. And I'm like, what's stopping us? We just need to bite the bullet yeah. and do it. And so we are working on it. Oh my God. Um, but we have a cute name which we'll share at a later date. Uh -huh. But like I'm putting this out there because that means we actually have to do it. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I did before. I'm starting a podcast and yep. I'm like, oh shit, no, yeah. I have to do it. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, Sarah, we have to do this now. Um, so we've been doing our research. We um, have a, a good idea of like what we want the format to be and we just need to actually do it now. So um, lots of fun things coming up. So excited. And um, thanks for asking. I'm really excited about it all. Yeah. So where can they find you? What are your social channels? Even if everyone already knows what it, they are. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, uh, Kirby Johnson on Instagram and Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. And I, I before we go, I just want to say, if you love beauty stuff and you want to be mm -hmm. in the beauty industry, get on Twitter. Yeah. Because there's so much going on there that you'll, you, you will find a lot uh, to catch up on there. Um, and then on Facebook, I'm at Kirby Johnson TV. I share a lot on my, my public page there. And yeah, that's it. KirbyJohnson.com for everything else. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're so great. Oh, thank you. You were amazing. Oh. I had so much fun with you. Thanks, babe. See you next time. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for watching, guys. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and like and share this video. It was so fun talking to Kirby. And for those who are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and all other podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review so we can share the positive word of inner beauty. Thank you.